This is Top Flight Time Machine. I am Andy Hotbody Dawson. Pow, pow, pow. I'm Sam Nifty Delaney. So what? Welcome along to Friday episode. Uh, you get a Thursday evening if you're IFS, which you should be. And if you're not, why not? Um, plenty of reasons. Plenty of reasons, probably. Um, yeah, I am podding remotely, Sam. I'm on manoeuvres at the minute. I'm in between dropping Oscar off to get his hair cut and picking Oscar up from getting his hair cut. So rather than go all the way home yeah. and pod, I've uh, set up in the car. I am in the car park of the Sunderland Greyhound Stadium. Wonderful. Uh, and if you're a, a local listener, you'll be able to envisage that. You'll know what it looks like. It's a majestic structure. Could do with a little a bit of uh, TLC, a lick of paint here and there, but... Uh, to my left, I can see a pile of what looks like sand, um, which has some weeds growing out of it, and it's also got some uh, some car tyres, or maybe tractor tyres, all over it. But other than that, standard car park. So that's where I am, and the car is quite warm. So I'll have to wind the window down at some point. It looks okay, lovely. We'll you gave me a little bit of a, a pipe around on your phone screen just before we started recording, and I thought it looked yep. really great and quite a... Um, I could imagine it would be quite conducive in terms of sparking your, your podding creativity as well. I think so. Plus, as well, I've just sat down and realised that there's an afternoon track meeting mm. starts in about half an hour fancy going um, having a flutter at five past two well I will have I reckon about 40 minutes to myself once we've done this before I've got to pick Oscar up yeah what else should I do get in there get some Ooh, uh, if you just go and have on. a look you know I've been many times before my son used to be really into it we brought him here one day and he got really into it and he wanted to come on his birthday uh-oh uh, as his birthday treat his birthday is New Year's Eve is there so a meet one, on New Year's one, Eve? That there was. There, there was. It was a Tuesday and there was a meet on. So we came along as a family uh, for a birthday treat for him to watch some dogs running round and round and put some bets on. I, um, I went to Wimbledon dog track once when I was quite young. And um, it's a great night out because you, we went in a bit where you could have steak and chips and they brought beers to your yeah. table and they did the betting at your table. And uh, yeah. that was really enjoyable. When I think of dog racing, my favourite dog racing thing is the scene with where they go to have a, a um, meet with the IRA in um, The Long Good Friday, one of my favourite ever films. <laughs> they have to go and meet the guy from yeah. the RA at the dog track. I think that might be filmed at Wimbledon Dog Track. Or maybe, yeah. maybe Wolfram style or something. But anyway, yeah, and uh, it's a set-up someone comes in with a shotgun and, and kills them all mm. um, but yeah good times I watched The Long Good Friday recently um, where had I been I was in I was in one of those premier in hubs in London yeah I'd been doing a work thing and I was a bit pissed and Long Good Friday came on at 11.30pm and I just sat and watched the whole thing what a film it's it aged extraordinarily yeah it's a superb film yeah yeah it's, just, it's one of those films Hoskins that- Mirren I mean, Hoskins is on yeah. the form of his fucking life. Completely. Uh, as, as Harold Shand. And uh, yeah. he's trying to make a mug out of me. For ten <laughs> years there's been peace. Now there's been an eruption. 
etc 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 filled with great lines um, and just yeah astonishingly good almost one of the few films yeah. that I would say better every time I watch it well this was it when I watched it I hadn't watched it for about 25 years mm. and I just uh, sat through the whole thing just my jaw was dropped I just thought yeah. this is so fucking good yeah unbelievably this just good gets better. and of course the whole thing about the London Docklands and everything yeah. and the redevelopment of it all was ahead of that and it yeah I mean if you and then if, if it was made in 1980 and what's strange is Brinksmat yeah. happened in 1983 and if you watch the recent series Gold about the Brinksmat robbery yeah. <laughs> which I have to say I know you enjoyed it I quite enjoyed it but I mean in terms of the authenticity mm. the language the acting the atmosphere of London like you know Gold yeah. was very much what drama school students perceive it as being. Ah, right. Whereas yeah. fucking the Long Good Friday was fucking uh, re- felt real as fuck. But what's amazing is yeah. that whole Docklands thing. People link that to Brinksmat and how the gold went into the redevelopment and how you know it was the underworld and, and organised crime that were behind a huge mm. amount of that development. But that's all. That story seems to start in nineteen eighty three. Fucking the Long Good Friday was made in 1980. Like you say, it yeah. predicted the entire thing. Yeah, fucking mad. Yeah. It's a great film though. If you've never seen it, it appears on ITV4 now and again. Um, but it's it's got to be on one of the streaming. Pierce Brosnan in a cameo as an IRA hitman. Oh yeah, and Charlie out of Casualty playing Charlie a starring out of casualty, role. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so fucking so many hell, so many film. great bits. Um, so yeah I'm in the, the ground car park and I'll be heading inside um, very shortly well I've been here a few times I came for a stag night my mate Dave stag night in about 1995 maybe yeah 94, 95 and we got an executive box where we had um, I think you paid a certain amount I think it was 25 quid a head and you got unlimited free drinks oh and we, that's incredible we worked that to our advantage put it that yeah. way we put, put a shift in to get our money's worth uh, that night yeah. <laughs> um, but that was great but also if you go downstairs trackside you can uh, obviously there's a bar but you, the only food available is pie and peas in a tray lovely or chips with gravy it's fucking great great night out can't wait again yeah should do the podcast from in there let's get this get done then, then you can maximise maximise your time at the dogs well, I've got an Annabelle Croft update for you because oh, yeah, we were on. talking about Annabelle Croft after Wimbledon on Monday mm. and um, it became uh, aware to me that uh, Annabelle Croft sadly lost her partner about three months ago. Okay, that's a shame. I know that we were talking about it being a possible massive grass on Monday. Poss- but I think potential there be a grass, I'd of, say, yeah. A little bit of restraint. Uh, I think it's very brave of her to be... You know, out there in public doing her doing her duties at Wimbledon. She did a good so job shortly afterwards. She did a good, really she good did. job doing those interviews straight after that event. I mean, I don't think they should do those interviews, but if they're going to do them, then she did a good job of it. Um, yeah. The reason I've sort of said that she's a potential grass, I just think she's you know, it's, I'm just associating her with that whole setup over at Wimbledon. Mm. Come on, Tim. I mean, the Hem and Hill Brigade, who are a that, bit, yeah. who've got grassy vibes. Every, they've all got grassy vibes, haven't they? That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Well, it's a grassy tournament, isn't it? It's on grass. It they, is, they yeah. Sit on that hill outside. Sit on no hill, coincidence that it attracts all the grasses. It's, it's, you could call it some. You could call it Grastonbury. <laughs> 
Yeah, so just watch out for her. If you, I mean, she's recently widowed. She's an attractive woman. Well, I was, yeah, Obviously, yeah, that's going to... That, uh, yeah, that's not going to affect anything for me personally. She's okay. still in Too the fresh. early widow window. What's your? Um, she's wh- not going to... What's your cut-off? Six months. And how long has she been bereaved? Three. Three and a half. Okay, let her process it a bit more. Uh, but maybe yeah, keep an eye exactly. on the situation. There needs to be a mourning period. But all I'm saying and, is, and Andy... There needs to be a respect. All I'm saying is, Andy, like, if you... Let's say you do end up, in in another three months' time, taking her out on a date. Just She wants to feel yeah. her way out back onto the dating scene. You take her out, and um, things are going well. But let's say on the second date, you think things are going really well, you're getting on like a house on fire you park on a yellow and she goes it's a yellow and you go yeah but look I mean they say that parking restrictions end at 6.30 it's quarter past six yeah. now fuck it 15 minutes why, why am, I, am I parking up for a bit, of a bit of a kiss and a cuddle maybe yeah or maybe you're and going to something to eat first maybe you're taking her to the dogs right yeah, maybe yeah. you're taking her to Sunderland dog track right and she's excited she's buzzing for it right and everything's mm. going great until you say Shut up, Cookie. <laughs> and Cookie's barking at her own re- reflection in the window again, uh, right? Um, yeah, Jesus. you you go right. I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna chance it because actually I know it round here. And the the geezers the the parking's not off at six. The parking you know, they knock off at six. There's no way we're going to be safe for 15 minutes. It's not worth it. And she suddenly turns around. And she goes, "Well, it's not really to do with whether or not you're going to get a ticket. It's to do with right and wrong." There are parking restrictions here for a reason. Mm. And that reason is that the spaces are required for local residents. Right? Oh, come on, Annabelle. It's, it's, you know, the, the restaurant... The, well, like we're, probably, we're probably not the dogs. We're not the dogs because there's a big car park. There's a car park, the okay. And I can't envisage that. You go that. like that. It's 15 yeah. minutes. It's 15 minutes. Let's just get in. Let's just go in, have our Nando's or whatever it is. Right, and then then we can get going and have a bit of a kiss and a cuddle. Sooner we eat, sooner we'll yeah. be kissing. And she's Mons. like, "No, I don't. I'm sorry. I'm not happy with this. You're breaking Fucking the law, hell. and laws exist for a reason. If we all cut corners like this, society would be in a state of chaos." And you're going, "Well, I'm not reparking now because it's taken me ages even to find this." And she goes, "Okay, yeah. respectfully, fine. I don't agree. With respect, about, about I'm going home thing. now on the bus." Not all the way back to London, where she presumably lives, but maybe to a Premier Inn or whatever. And she goes, yeah, I'm going to go Premier back. Premier Inn minimum, holiday and maybe. And then she goes, I'm going back to the room. And as soon as she gets there, she's on the blower to the old bill. And she's like, I'd like to report a crime. <laughs> Fucking hell. And she's got your reg and she's got your address. She probably took a photo on her phone as she walked off. Yeah, and she goes, and if you can't get you know an I mean? officer down there, because I know police are woefully understaffed these days, right? Um, but I'm ringing up anywhere. If you cannot yeah. get an officer down to catch him before 6.30, don't worry, I filmed it, and I have, I have gathered sufficient evidence on my phone to prove that he parked there during restricted hours. So we can build a case against this guy. I've got a time-stamped photograph. Yeah, we can we can build a case here. Don't worry Using about that. We can build a case. That doesn't seem like it's a romance that's going to go anywhere. That's what I'm saying. It's not that level beware of flexibility. The, be, beware the widow grass. There you go. That could be a title. 
for this episode. Beware yeah, the widow grass, because you know she'll lure you in because she's a widow and she's attractive and she, you know she is. Let's be honest, she's a knowledge of tennis is great. She was a great player and she is a talented interviewer. But there's a high chance she might grasp you, and you can't relax on a date or in a relationship. Relationships need to be based on trust, mate. Yeah. Um, Beware the widow grass reminded me of the professionals, Sam. It reminded me of the title of the professionals, you know, Bodie and Doyle and all that. Yeah. Because they all had titles. The title would always come up at the beginning, and it was kind of, I think it was always written by Brian Clemens. Yeah. Dick Turpin had uh, those kind of titles as well. Yeah, they did, that's right. It would always be. Do you want to read like, some out to you? It would always be something like um, The Whispering Handmaid or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. read me out Do some you want titles. To hear some professionals. Yeah. Professionals, episode title, series one. Episode one. Private Madness, Public Danger. Brilliant. Then, episode two. The Female Factor. Ha <laughs> 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 ha Episode three, old dog with new tricks. Wow. Episode four, guest star in old dog with new tricks was Pamela Stevenson. That's the one where the oh. hand grenade was down her bra. Yeah. By the way. Yeah. What an uh, episode. Uh, Lewis Collins nicked it and uh, nicked it out, plucked it out from her from her cleavage, her uh, boobs. Yeah. And threw it in a bin. Episode four, killer with a long arm. <laughs> episode five, quite simply, heroes. Episode six. Where the Jungle Ends. <laughs> Episode, I'll not read them all out. I'll read my favourites out. Episode 8. Everest was also conquered. <laughs> what? <laughs> Episode 9. When the heat cools off. Uh, episode 12. Look after Annie. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. I might do series 2 in the next episode. Very partridge. Probably the most partridge is on the most sort of low key, which is simply the female factor. (laughs) Female factor, yeah. Uh, Brilliant. Great. What Um, a show. What a show. So, Annabelle Croft, it appears, could be a very suspect widow. I'm just saying, tread carefully. Yeah. Well, there's another two and a half months until she's... Um, until you deem her available under your own guidelines. Yeah, I've got the date in Your own internal guidelines. Yeah. But, uh, hmm. You were going uh, to... We've been pre-recording a bunch of episodes this week because holidays are coming up and everything, but we don't want you, the listener, to suffer no. as a result of our... Uh, continental indulgences our, our need so for relaxation in the sun yeah. we've, we've pre-recorded a bunch of episodes and there's some single issue episodes where we just take a topic and just explore it in 30 minutes and the last one that we've done in that series which isn't going to be out till kind of oh, start of August I think middle of August is about bedtime Mm. And there was something that you want to talk about in the bedtime episode. There wasn't time for. There's an article that so, I mean, there's um, been shared yeah. by the BBC a lot. BBC don't have to do some good stuff. Oh, there was a clip and archive footage of some um, some baby geese in barns uh, in barns the other day that a few people have sent All me right. that I've yet to review, but it's in black and white, and so I can't wait nice. to see that. Cause it's always nice to see your local area, but in black and white from olden times, isn't yeah. it? Oh, and by the way, as well. Uh, I'm on various Facebook groups that are like memories of various areas that I kind mm. of have grown up in or spent time in. 
and uh, this one's like a West London group and it's about a shop in Chiswick High Road that had a system of um, giving, taking your money and then returning you your change um, on a pulley system so there were wires and, and a track Fucking attached hell. to the ceiling right and the people behind the counter were quite far away I don't know why and like you would they would they would send a little capsule hanging hanging from a uh, a dangling from a track on a pulley system to you and you would unscrew it you'd put your money inside it then they'd pull it back they'd take it out put your change in and send it back to you that's amazing it's also nuts it's it's amazing it's really it's really mad i'm gonna see if there's video of it but like what kind of shop was it i don't remember the shop but I heard, I saw pictures and I heard people talking about it and I was a bit like really right so but I asked my mum and she was like yep yeah, went in there all the time definitely happened don't question it it's a legendary place um so yeah no further questions jalapeño here's a brief but annoying message to let you know that you wouldn't be hearing this brief but annoying message if you were a subscriber to our iron filing society patreon offering for the price of a pint and a st clements each month you can get up to four episodes a week nine months before the rest of the world gets them early access to regular episodes lots of other marvelous benefits and there's absolutely no adverts or brief but annoying messages like this that will get right on your ticks Find out more and subscribe now at tftimemachine.com slash iron filings. Jalapeño. Jalapeño. Sorry, just an elderly couple have just got out of the car and she's put her raincoat on and they are going into the stadium. So uh, we're about 15 minutes away from the first race of the day. So they're getting in just in time to get a bet on, I think. Yeah. Nice. Um, okay, Sorry. Yeah, so there lot lot of good lot of good content on those groups. So, oh, yeah. Just sorry, I just got. I'm scrolling through one of the groups, see if I can find this, and I've just seen the lovely picture of a hat trick <laughs> of shops on my local high street in the eighties. A hat trick of shops. There's a nationwide, in. right? Mm-hmm. There's an Abbey National with a great oh. frontage, and between them both is a shoe shop, Peter Lord. And I remember going oh, in there. Oh, Lord. I remember going in there yeah. and having, like, I used to fear the sh- the, sh- the foot measuring machine, right? Remember that foot yeah. measuring machine? I used to fear it because it, yeah. it looked like a it, torture device. And I would scream fucking blue murder. My mum would have it, to, like, wrestle it, me into it. It's Put like your the fucking walls in the compartment in Star Wars. You are? When they're, when they're stuck in that when they're yeah, stuck in that it was like that. It was like Star a fucking Wars. insane shoe, like, fucking foot crushing device. The sides would come in, and then the top and the bottom would come in to measure the foot. But it was just, you know, fear, agony, yeah, anticipation, joy. Yeah, it's good to feel something. You have. But um, it was Clark's up, up here. Clark was a Clark's at that machine. You know what would be a great name for a, sh- a shoe shop what? in Chiswick? Chiswick Soul Patrol. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I might open that. I might open that. Just for the name. I can't yeah, find this now. I'm going to have to get in touch with my mum and fucking ask her what group it was on. But amazing idea, yeah, isn't it? too many groups. I'm in too many groups. I, I, love, I love the local groups, mate. Local residents groups <laughs> with memories, right? And one of the reasons I like it is yeah. I like to be on it myself because I love the pictures and the memories and the nostalgia. Like, And my favourite ones are the ones that are quite mundane. They go, do you remember this shop? 
and it'll just be a yeah fucking shop right and I'll get a bit of a buzz out of that. But more than that, I love seeing my friends and relations reaction. I monitor their reactions, right? Yeah. So, like, some of my old mates are on there and they'll, like, post things. Like, my mate, Ollie, he'll post things on there. He calls them traps. He'll post memories, right, that are very obscure and would only relate to him and I. But he'll post yeah. them on there and under the guise of, does anyone remember when this happened, right? And there's like thousands of people on this group, people who've lived in that area stretching back as far as the fucking 1940s. And there'll be some very obscure. And he, he, lay, well, he, he does what he calls laying traps. So I sometimes mm. look at these groups where if he's laid a trap. But as I've said before, my favourite is to monitor my mum. And it'll be like Brentford. And they'll go, do you remember when the 65 used to stop at this bus stop? And my mum just writes underneath, yes. <laughs> and she does it to everything she just writes yes under loads of shit and then sometimes people yeah. say something like do you remember when there was an ice cream shop on the corner of that but it caught fire and sometimes my mum will just write no <laughs> <laughs> she just gives very simple yes or no answers to every single question that's asked on these memories uh, groups you're not supposed to say no you're mm. supposed to say yes it's all about affirmation yeah these things so no, oh, tell me more. Anyway, um, those are all good. Does Shiny Row not have a group on Facebook? I'm not sure. You should look it, it out. You, you might get does. some... I'm in, I'm in one or two nearby where I live now. I'm pretty sure that there isn't one. Because I'd be all over it if there was. Mm. Might as well set one up. But I haven't got any photographs to post in it. This thing you were looking for, is it the forgotten med- medieval habit of two sleeps? Yeah, I'll read a bit to you, right? For millennia, people slept in two shifts, once in the evening and once in the morning. But why? And how did the habit disappear? So obviously, this caught my interest. I thought, this is fantastic. And it's something that you and I just do as a matter of course anyway. We do it, but we're society, as in so many things, we are society's outliers, aren't we? Um, Unfortunately, Western society, and I can't speak for what they're up to in China, I don't know. But certainly in the West, it's a one-sleep culture. Um, which I think is unnatural. I think we need more than just one. So I don't know about you. I get to bed early most nights. I like to be in bed at 10. I read for a maximum of half an hour. And then I put on my sleep apnea mask and I sleep through till about 6.30. Right? That's my usual sleep routine. But I never feel rested in the morning. I feel knackered. So I I just feel that I need more sleep. Anyway, this article says... uh, I'm going to skip the first bit where they just tell an anecdote, right? Uh, you might have just heard in the background, they might have heard what sound was like. It was a tractor that pulled along a small red tanker, there? which on the side of it had the word tanker. <laughs> and then it did a kind of a circuit of the car park and went back in the gate that it had come out of. So I don't know what that's about, but you might have heard that. Anyway. Um, this article is one of those articles called- that doesn't get to the point for about the first... 1,000 fucking words. Oh, is it, is, is it a long read? Oh, it's one of those fucking reads. Read. Okay, you right, I've, got, I've got thousands of words into it, and now I've got to this. In the 17th century, a night of sleep went something like this. From early as 9 o'clock to 11 o'clock, those fortunate enough to afford them would begin flopping onto mattresses stuffed with straw or rags. This reminds me of when we did a deep dive into beds, didn't we? Do you remember? Well, rags as well. Yeah. Is it subject of interest? Alternatively, it might have contained feathers, if they were wealthy, ready to sleep for a couple of hours. At the bottom of the Mm. social ladder, 
people would have had to make do with nestling down on a scattering of heather or worse a bare earth floor possibly Ugh. even without a blanket not earth Ugh. sleep on the earth uh, at, at the time most people so if i had to sleep on the earth i'd cover mm. myself in earth if you were on That's earth you could sort of semi-bury yourself it'd keep you warm wouldn't it in a small pit yeah covered in earth or leaves at the time, most people slept communally and often found themselves snuggled up with a cosy assortment of bedbugs, fleas, lice, family members, friends, servants, and if they were travelling, and if they were travelling, total strangers. Right, bedtime. Come on, everyone. Yeah, even ah. you, servant boy, uh, mom, <laughs> dad, Charlie boy. Um, my pa- he's my best mate. And let's get a few bogs and and lice and some strangers. Then we can all snuggle up and eat and keep each other warm with our body heat. Um, to minimise any awkwardness, sleep involved a number of strict social conventions, such as avoiding physical contact or too much fidgeting. Yeah. <laughs> History of fidgeting will do that at some point. And there were, de- I mean, obviously... Fidgeters would be banished. As, as you know. I guess. Yeah, as you know, like to your great annoyance, I am a I'm a big fidgeter. I have a fidget problem, don't yeah, I? Yeah, but I don't know about that in bed. We've never slept together. <clears throat> oh, we did on that first tour, didn't we? Did we? Yeah, we forgot about that. What did we sleep in the same first room? first live tour? We did. We shared the same room. We slept slept in the same bed together. <laughs> do we? Do we? <laughs> oh, yeah, okay, yeah, you're right. <laughs> yeah, yeah that, we were just starting <laughs> out. We were just starting out. Um, for example, uh, um, there were Desi. Oh. There were designated sleeping positions. For example, female children would typically lie at one side of the bed with the oldest nearest the wall, followed by the mother, then the father, then male children, again, arranged by age, then non-family members. Isn't that interesting? You're all sleeping in a line and you all have your slot. Yeah. A couple of hours later, people would begin rousing from this initial slumber. The nighttime wakefulness usually lasted from around 11 o'clock to about 1 a.m., depending on what time they went to bed. It was not generally caused by noise or other disturbances in the night, and neither was it initiated by any kind of alarm. These were only invented. So just, there was no alarms invented until 1787. Yeah, there was. Body a, clock yeah, then, I guess. Yeah. By an American man who, somewhat ironically, needed to wake up on time to sell clocks. <laughs> that really is ironic. Instead, the waking happened entirely naturally, just as it does in the morning. The wow. period of wakefulness that followed was known as the watch. And it was a surprisingly mm. useful window in which to get things done. The records describe how people did just about anything and everything after they awakened from their first bit of sleep. I like that. You do your chores. You clean the bathroom, yeah, so you, wash the dishes, so go, all that sort of the thing. The idea is you go, to bed at, you go to bed at nine with all, yeah. with all your mates. Then you wake up at 11. Yeah, and the lice. You, you get up at 11, yeah, and then you start doing some ironing and admin, you know, invoicing, whatever. And then you go back yeah. to fucking sleep again at two o'clock. Under the no. weak glow of the moon, stars and oil mm. lamps, or rush lights, a kind of candle for ordinary households made from wax stems of rushes, people would tend to ordinary tasks, such as adding wood to the fire, taking remedies, or going to urinate, oh. often <laughs> into the fire itself. <laughs> I've got some remedies, I've got to piss in the fire. I'm just going to have my re- Where my remedy. Who's at it? <laughs> Oh, no, it's under those leaves over there. Right, going to have that, then I'm going to piss on that fire and get back to sleep for my second kip. 
for peasants waking up meant getting back down to more serious work whether this involved venturing out to check on farm animals or carrying out household chores such as patching cloth combing wool <laughs> or peeling the rushes to be burned one servant oh god these rushes, these rushes will not burn yeah. unless I've peeled them Peel first them. Uh, and also, oh, I need to comb mighty. this fucking wool. One servant, Eckrich, became uh, came across even brewed a batch of beer for her Westmoreland employer one night between midnight and 2am. Naturally, criminals took the opportunity to skulk around and make trouble, like the murderer in Yorkshire. Fucking hell. Uh, so, murderer? Peter Sutcliffe? I think they might have mentioned this earlier. Yeah. Oh, oh I got okay. a good Sutcliffe story the other day. You know, my mate used to be head of press at the, uh, at, um, what do you call it? Broadmoor. A good Sutcliffe story. Remember yeah. Broadmoor? And that's where the whole roasting of all the trimmings comes from. All the trimmings. Right. Uh-huh. So he goes, uh, there was one type, Peter Sutcliffe, you might know this, but Peter Sutcliffe went by a different name when he was in the Nick. He went by his mother's maiden Peter name. Coonan. That's it. So he said he was in there and this and a new inmate came in who was a nutter and I think a, a highly violent man himself and uh, on his first but on his first night he was allowed on his wing to socialise and meet some of the other prisoners right and the next morning there was always a debrief with a lot of the senior members of the staff about what the inmates had done the day before and someone right. said well we got this new guy in last night and we let him circulate to sort of you know uh, size the place up and uh, and they said oh who did he talk to who did he end did he end up sort of meeting anyone he goes yeah he sat down with Peter Coonan I went oh how did that go and he said he, he he was asking him questions about what life was like there and then he said to him have you seen that Peter Sutcliffe cunt around <laughs> and and he goes Peter Coonan just went uh, and he went I tell you what I fucking hate that cunt and if I see him I'm going to kill him Right, and they said, and how how did Coonan reply? How did Pakunan respond? And apparently, he just went, "Yeah, I think I'll go to bed." <laughs> <laughs> Which I thought, for a mass murder in psychopath, was quite a smooth way out of a potentially awkward yeah. situation. Because what's he going to do? Go yeah. well. Actually, uh, this is pretty embarrassing, um, but I can see. It might, I feel responsible myself because I've not been, been entirely honest with you, but although I go by the name Peter Coonan, I, in fact, am Peter Sutcliffe, the Yorkshire Ripper. So what you're saying is Look. you are going to kill me. But instead, he <laughs> just gave now? it the old, oh, right, that's yeah. me. I'm turning in for the take night. The Lovely chatting to you. See you around, probably. Tra- tra- take the turn in for me first sleep, and then I'll get up and have my remedies in a couple of hours. I might see you <laughs> under the chores. gentle light of the moon round one some wool. Yeah. Uh, all the best. Lovely well, chatting Peter to Sutcliffe. you. Peter Sutcliffe, as far as I'm aware, always maintained the Peter Sutcliffe look throughout his time in, in Broadmoor and then in prison. You know, he didn't shave the beard off or anything. Yeah. He stuck with the whole... The geezer oh, didn't. The geezer uh, didn't didn't spot him. He just went right. No, <laughs> he must have gone to him. What's your name, Peter? Peter what? Peter Coonan. Right. Pe- well, oh, you're lucky not it's you, not then. Peter Sutcliffe because if I see that con, I'm killing him. Oh, is it that time already? <laughs> night, night. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm out of the violence game now. <laughs> Awkward conversations don't between psychopaths. People don't think about that. Um, so, um. 
Is there anything else to add to this two sleeps thing? As Eckrick explains in his book, At Day's Close, a, night, a History of Nighttime, At Day's Close is a nice phrase, isn't it, Andy? And so we find ourselves at the day's close. At day's close. People would often just stay in bed and chat. And during those strange twilight hours, bedfellows could share a level of informality and casual conversation that was hard to achieve during the day. So what's interesting mm. is is that sleeping only really became a private business. It's quite modern that we consider it something yeah. you do in isolation on your own. Go away. Shut the door. I'm sleeping. Yeah. That's private. I'm going in my bedroom now. I do. I am. I don't like ways. to sleep too much uh, publicly because my face goes really horrible when I'm sleeping. Like if people take mm. pictures of you when you're asleep, it's really like unflattering and nasty. So I, I am a bit vulnerable when I, I fall asleep in public. Yeah, like, well, or, or I remember. I was. Like I was. My, we went like when we were seventeen. Me and my mates like went interrailing around Europe, and like I, I'm a. You know, I've always been a big sleeper. You've seen me. I fall asleep on trains straight away. It must be the rhythm of it. I found it comforting. And they would always put stuff in my mouth. <laughs> like being in the womb. Yeah. They would put stuff in my mouth, like all sorts. And they'd have a game. Like we'd be on long train journeys and I would sleep. And like my mouth falls wide open, generally speaking, when I'm asleep, especially when I'm sitting <laughs> up in a chair. And they would play a game to see who could get. It was like buckaroo who could get the most shit in my mouth before I woke up. And it was really horrible. There'd be like fag ends, sweet wrappers, rubbish, like disgusting things. And I would just wake up and just start coughing and spluttering. I'm lucky I didn't die. Could have choked on it. So that's one of the reasons I feel vulnerable when I'm sleeping publicly. All right. Well, you know what? The dogs is about to start. Okay. And um, we could have come back to this next time there is more info in there so maybe we'll come back to it uh, next week we'll or week after next time um, and all, all I'll say is and now we come to pods close night night sweet dreams <laughs>